0: Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. Our brother Joshua assisted me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be titled Chasing the Wind, brothers and sisters. Chasing the Wind. Brothers and sisters, the wind can't be caught or collected, it's intangible. So today's lesson will be about. Highlighting the things that we pursue you have to be careful what you chase brothers and sisters because that which you chase becomes your master Brothers and sisters. So we we have a extensive lesson with a myriad of precepts today That's going to highlight The dangers in pursuing certain things in this life brothers and sisters Today's title Chasing the wind We're going to second samuel Brothers and sisters We're going to start in the Old Testament The Tanakh uh, We're going to read 2 Samuel 14 and 14 2 Samuel 14 verse
1: 14 For we must needs die What did that say? For we must needs die So
0: everyone will die
1: And are his waters spilt on the ground Which cannot be gathered up again Neither does God respect any person Yet that he devise means that is bad that
0: is banished be not expelled from him so brothers and sisters if you look at this closely this particular text is telling us what that our life is very short so one thing we must be conscious of is time brothers and sisters when it says we're like water that's spilt on the ground which cannot be gathered up again imagine being in the desert Brothers and sisters, the ground is cracked, it's dry, there's been no rain, and you spill a pail of water. That water will be absorbed immediately, brothers and sisters. There will be no other way to regather that water into your bucket. That's what the scripture is saying. Life is fleeting, brothers and sisters. Let's read that again, Brother
1: Joshua. Second Samuel 14, verse 14. For he must needs die, and as water spilt on the ground. Which cannot be gathered up again. Neither does God respect any person. Read that part again. Neither does God respect any person. So he's saying no matter who you are. You die brothers and sisters. Yet doth he devise means. That his banished be not
0: expelled from him. So brothers and sisters. We were created with a purpose. And we have a limited time to find it. Brothers and sisters. Time is our most important commodity. Why? Because it can never be recovered. Brothers and sisters. He's saying he has devised a way in which those who should be in the lake of fire, brothers and sisters, will have an opportunity to do what? To resurrect themselves, brothers and sisters, to find themselves or make a way into God's glorious kingdom, brothers and sisters. For all people must die. It's like it's like uh, uh, water in a bucket being spilt on the hot ground in the desert, brothers and sisters unable to be regathered brothers and sisters we're showing you something here because why you have to be careful what you pursue especially when time is short brothers and sisters the title again chasing the wind let's go to the apographer brother Joshua let's go to Ecclesiasticus brothers and sisters chapter 25 verse 3 what does that say brother ecclesiasticus 25
1: verse 3 listen closely if thou hast gathered nothing in thy youth how canst thou find anything in thine age read that one more time brother if thou hast gathered nothing in thy youth how canst thou find anything in
0: thine age brothers and sisters this text emphasizes the principle of what of delayed gratification delayed gratification is a pertinent skill needed to fight against vanity Brothers and sisters, why? How do we know it's talking about delayed gratification? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. If thou hast
1: gathered nothing in thy youth. In your what? In thy youth. In your what? In thy youth.
0: How canst thou find anything in thine age? See? So it's saying make decisions in your youth. That's going to do what? (laughs) That's going to supply your aid. you, You know, your needs when you become aged. Brothers and sisters. So it's saying what? Deny temporal pleasures in exchange for eternal rewards, brothers and sisters. Use the present to make decisions beneficial to the future, brothers and sisters. See? See, brothers and sisters, you'll live off in your age, you'll live off what you gathered in your youth, brothers and sisters. But this particular text is speaking of something specific. Brothers and sisters, the principle stays the same because our God is a principal God. So, even if the context is a little different, the principle remains the same, and we're going to show that. It's saying, use your youth to gather things beneficial when you're aged, brothers and sisters. Let's show you, brother Joshua. Let's stick in Ecclesiasticus. Let's go to chapter 6, verse 18, brother. What does that say? Ecclesiasticus 6 and
1: 18. My son gather instruction from thy youth up.
0: So shall thou find wisdom till thine old age. See, so do not operate seeking to fulfill your immediate desires, brothers and sisters. According to this text, it's it's telling us that in order to see clearly, you must be farsighted, brothers and sisters. Let's read that again, brethren. Verse 18,
1: my son, gather instruction from thy youth up. So shalt thou
0: find wisdom till thine old age. See, so without the self-discipline for delayed gratification, trouble is imminent, brothers and sisters. He's saying gather what you need. Gather, your, you know, use your energy, the energy of your youth to gather the instruction, the wisdom you need. And then when you become age, you apply that wisdom. You use that wisdom. Because why? In your youth, according to the Bible, is when you're in your strength, quote unquote. That's when you're energized. You have energy, brothers and sisters. And guess what? In your old age, you have less strength and less energy, which means what? You're going to need more wisdom. See? Look at that, brothers and sisters. Without the application of this principle, it is impossible to please God, brothers and sisters. What principle? The principle of delayed gratification, brothers and sisters. Now, principle... Means that even when the context is different, the concept is the same, brothers and sisters. And we're gonna show you. We're gonna show you. Let's go to Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Chapter eleven, we're gonna have Brother Joshua read verse nine, brothers and sisters. Follow us there. Ecclesiastes nine,
1: or Ecclesiastes eleven, verse nine. Rejoice, O young man. Oh who? O young man. In thy youth. In your what? In thy youth. And let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thine heart. And in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou. Know what brother? That for all these things God will bring thee into judgment.
0: So hold up. Look at what Solomon is dropping. He's saying listen. We must seek joy and happiness within the boundaries of God's moral standards. It's saying, listen, I the most high is saying, listen, use your youth, you know, have fun. But have fun within the parameters of my law, understanding that there's a future judgment. See? There's that delayed gratification again, brothers and sisters. See that? Let's read that again, brother. Verse nine. Rejoice, O young
1: man, in thy youth, and let thine heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. So to have fun in your youth, enjoy yourself in your youth and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes, but
0: know thou, Know what? that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. See? So don't major on the minor and minor on the major, brothers and sisters. Operate with consideration for future judgment. See? Because what there's this term that young people use. It's, you know, you, uh, YOLO. You only live once, which means uh, do whatever I want to do. <laughs> Pretty much, you know. I'm only gonna live once. Let me do all this sin. He said, "Listen, it's your life. I gave it. I gave it to you. I don't want to take joy from you, but understand there's a judgment depending on what type of joy you're seeking. See, brothers and sisters. See that? Here it is. That same principle of delayed gratification. There's equity here, brothers and sisters. The Most High is saying, Listen, you have, you have free will.'" But understand there's judgment for free will. Let's go to Ecclesiastes ten and ten. Same book, just a chapter behind.
1: Ecclesiastes ten, verse ten. What does that say, brother? If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then he must put the more then he must put more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. Read that again, brother. Verse ten: If the iron be blunt, if it be, if it's not sharpened, and he and he do not wet the edge, if
0: he doesn't sharpen the edge of the iron or the axe, then must he put to more strength? Then he must use more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. See, so it's telling me: you, if you're using a a unsharpened or a blunt or dull axe, guess what? You have to swing the axe harder, brothers and sisters. What does the last part say, brother? Well, wisdom is profitable to direct. See, so the less wisdom used, the greater the strength required. Brothers and sisters. Exemplifying how wisdom will serve instead of strength and energy. This is why he said gather wisdom from your youth. <laughs> because why? You have less strength in your age. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, the Bible is dropping it right now. Solomon is dropping it, brothers and sisters. Let's read that one more time before we move on, brother.
1: Ecclesiastes 10, verse 10. If the iron be blunt and he do not wet the edge, then he must put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct.
0: See, so wisdom helps accomplish the goal without as much effort, brothers and sisters. There's something that my... My father used to always say to me and it was, you know, work smarter, not harder, brothers and sisters. See, and that is really biblical, (laughs) brothers and sisters. The application of biblical principles will make life your servant, brothers and sisters. For example, if Brother Joshua and I are headed to the grocery market and the car breaks down on the on the beltway, we pull over, we pop the hood. We start looking at everything. Well, is it this? Is it that? Is the oil? What is it? The transmission oil? Is it the alternator? And we're there for two hours. Then we decide. We wise up, We decide to call a, uh, a mechanic. The mechanic comes out, looks under there in two seconds and says, well, the, the, the cable on the battery is loose. Just tighten that up. You're good to go. See? Why? Because he had the wisdom. <laughs> See, his wisdom saved us time. We didn't have to put as much strength into it. We didn't have to have an aneurysm trying to figure out what was wrong with the engine. Why? Because somebody had wisdom, brothers and sisters. See, this is the principle that's being that's being emphasized, brothers and sisters. Brother Joshua, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse one. Why? Because you have to be careful what you pursue, brothers and sisters. You have to be very careful what you pursue. So let's talk about vanity. Ecclesiastes
1: 2 verse 1. I said in mine heart, go to now. I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is
0: vanity. So this is Solomon, brothers and sisters. He pursued everything he could find, brothers and sisters. Why? Because he was trying to uh, seek fulfillment. He's saying, I'm going to do a, 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 a real-life science test here. <laughs> I'm going to do a, a real-life test here to see what could fulfill man, brothers and sisters. Mirth is, you know, joy, brothers and sisters. Let's read that one more time, brother. Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1.
1: I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity.
0: He said it's what?
1: This also is vanity. So
0: what you're going to see is here Solomon searches for a life of happiness in pleasuring the flesh. And he said, this is also vanity. Continue.
1: Verse two. I said of laughter, it is mad and of mirth. What does it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine. Unto what? Unto wine.
0: So here it is. He's emphasizing a life of fleshly gratification.
1: Verse 3. I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine. Yet acquainting my heart with wisdom. And to lay hold of, on folly. Till I might see what was that good for the sons of men which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life.
0: Now, brothers and sisters, look at what he's saying here. He's saying he lived a life saturated with the pleasures of wine and partying, brothers and sisters. And guess what? He's overemphasizing human gratification at the expense of God's glory. Are you seeing this, brothers and sisters? These are the things he said he pursued to find fulfillment, brothers and sisters. Let's read it from the top, brother.
1: Ecclesiastes 2 verse 1. I said in mine heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. This is fulfillment? This also
0: is vanity. Vanity means it has no substance, brothers and sisters. It's like a shadow. Shadow is something that has no substance. You can. St- if I'm standing somewhere and someone stabs my shadow, punches my shadow, I- I'm really not feeling it. Why? Because there's no substance, brothers and sisters. Verse 2.
1: I said of laughter, it is mad, and of mirth, what does it?
0: Now, brothers and sisters, he's saying he's laughing on the surface while internally dejected, brothers and sisters. He's highlights or highlighting the emptiness and disappointment of worldly enjoyment. Why? Because people... You know, Chase having a good time. I just want to have fun. There's a there's a phrase that I hear a lot of young people saying: "I'm bored. I'm bored." You rarely hear old people say, "I'm bored, brothers and sisters." It's the youth. Why? Because they're seeking pleasure. That's that's all life is about: is to just have fun and laugh and joy and yeah. He's saying that's vanity. <laughs> Because right after the laughter, you cry at home when you get to the shower, brothers and sisters. See? He said laughter is mad and of the mirth, the joy. What doeth it? <laughs> what, what effect does it have? Really, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus, brother. Because here it was, he overemphasized the life of human gratification ecclesiasticus 18 and 30 we'll read 30 through 32
1: brother joshua ecclesiasticus 18 verse 30 go not after thy lust but refrain thyself from thine appetites so
0: here it is the author admonishes us to resist the lust and appetites of the flesh verse 31
1: if thou giveth thy soul the desires that please her she will make thee a laughing stock to thine enemies that malign thee. Take no pleasure in much good cheer, neither be tied to the ex- expense thereof.
0: Mm. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, being fleshly driven will prove not only to be counterproductive, but self-destructive. Brothers and sisters, we're going to read those three scriptures again because that was powerful. Brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus
1: 18 verse 30. Go not after thy lusts, but refrain thyself from thine appetites. If thou giveth thy soul the desires that please her, she will make thee a laughingstock to thine enemies that malign thee.
0: Many of our young men are being led by their loins, brothers and sisters, and that will lead you to being destroyed. Take not pleasure in much good cheer. Take not pleasure in much good cheer. Always trying to have a good time, brothers and sisters. Always looking to party or be around something or hear something or do something that's going to make you have, you know, to, to stimulate you, brothers and sisters. See? That dopamine, chasing that that dopamine, brothers and sisters. Taking that pleasure in much good cheer. Always looking to have a fun time. To be laughing. Verse 30. Uh, 30. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ecclesiastes 18, verse 30. Go not after thy lust, but refrain thyself from thine appetites. If thou givest thy soul the desire that please her, she will make thee a laughingstock to thine enemies that malign thee. Take not pleasure in much good cheer, neither be tied to the expense
0: thereof. Neither be tied to the expense thereof, meaning you'll do anything to have that feeling, to just have joy. At the expense of God's regulations and rules His instruction Brothers and sisters you What it's telling you is what You have to be able to control your feelings Not your feelings control you Your actions should not be dictated by how I feel Brothers and sisters That's what Ecclesiasticus is, is emphasizing Brothers and sisters Because many people operate and do things Their actions are are driven by how they feel Brothers and sisters Especially our men Men have to get over how they feel Sometimes or what they want Sometimes you have to train yourself To be able to do things you don't feel Like doing That's a man, brothers and sisters Sisters have to be able to do that also Let's go to Ecclesiastes Brother, let's go back Ecclesiastes 7 And 3, we'll read 3 and 4 Ecclesiastes 7 verse 3. Listen to
1: this. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by thy sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. Sorrow is better than laughter. Sorrow is better than laughter, he says. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better.
0: Now, brothers and sisters, how could this be? Most people will look at this and say... I don't know what how this could be. Sorrow is better than laughter? Why? Why, brothers and sisters? Because sorrow leads to reflective thinking, brothers and sisters. Self-examination, brothers and sisters. God says that, listen, we tend to look more seriously to God in times of need, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Read that again, brother, because Solomon was dropping it. Ecclesiastes 7 verse
1: 3, sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the
0: countenance, the heart is made better. Why? Because in laughter, we rarely consider self-improvement, brothers and sisters. See? Laughter frequently leaves an individual essentially unchanged. See, that's why I said, <laughs> don't be tied to uh, the expense of chasing good cheer all the time, brothers and sisters. See? See? Because why? If you're feeling good and laughing, then you, you're you not thinking about how I can be become better. You're not thinking about examining yourself or how can I get closer to God. You're just having fun. Continue, brother.
1: Ecclesiastes 7 verse 4. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth.
0: When it says the house of mourning, why? That's like... Th- Thinking about death or in a funeral, brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother. Verse four, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. The heart of the wise. Why, brothers and sisters? Because the house of mourning causes the living to consider their ways, brothers and sisters. Death serves to promote minding your own mortality. Anytime you've gone to a funeral or somebody has died, brothers and sisters, it's led to reflective thinking. Have I done everything that I ought to do? Have I given my all to everything I've tried? Have I been a good person to my family? Did I spend enough time? Did I listen enough? See, <laughs> that's what he saying. Wise people, that's where their mind is. It's the same way that a person's mind would be amongst death, amongst the funeral. It's that self-reflection. Let's read that again, brother, from the top, please. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 3.
1: Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. The heart of fools is
0: where? In the house of mirth. Brothers and sisters, mirth is just trying to enjoy, in enjoyment and pleasure, brothers and sisters. It's telling you that a fool's mind is cemented on the path to pleasure, brothers and sisters. They regard only their present delight, brothers and sisters. See, and people may say, well, why are you always so serious? You can't even take a joke. You can't even laugh. No, I can laugh, but it's not always time for laughter, brothers and sisters. You have to be a serious person, men of God. Guess what? Christ wasn't laughing and joking and giggling around everywhere, brothers and sisters. Neither were the disciples, brothers and sisters. They were serious. Now, was there time to laugh? Yeah, there was time to laugh. But the Bible tells you a man can be known by his much laughter, because everything's a joke. There's no seriousness in him, So you have to be careful with that, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, please follow us to Ecclesiasticus, also known as Sarat, in the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ecclesiasticus 11, verses 25 through 27, brothers and sisters.
1: Ecclesiasticus 11 verse 25 in the day of prosperity there is a forgetfulness of affliction read that one more time brother in the day of prosperity there is a for a forgetfulness of affliction
0: brothers and sisters God is often
1: forgotten in the days of prosperity and in the day of affliction there is more remembrance of prosperity there's no
0: more remembrance of prosperity brothers and sisters so look at this closely when When everything's prospering, brothers and sisters, we tend to move away from God, brothers and sisters. Why? Because success has a tendency to lure us away from our dependence on God, brothers and sisters. Let's read that one more time, brother.
1: Ecclesiastes 11, verse 25. In the day of prosperity, there is a forgetfulness of affliction. And in the day of affliction, there is no more remembrance of prosperity for it is an easy thing unto the Lord in the day of death to reward a man according to his ways. The affliction of an hour maketh a man forget
0: pleasure, and in his end his deeds shall be discovered. So, brothers and sisters, the right use of affliction is to drive us back to God. See? And it's a, it's a shame that God knows this is how most, you know, this is how man is. Is that usually he have to afflict us. <laughs> To get us to come back. Brothers and sisters. Usually when your belly is full. The bills are paid. Everything's going right. You become lackadaisical. Brothers and sisters. In regards to his instruction. His law. Why? Because everything's good. But when things are tight. There's no job that's there. There's no money coming in. The bills are being paid. The car is needing fixing. Then we narrow. We start living narrowly. Brothers and sisters. Unfortunately. But God knows us very well, his creation, brothers and sisters. And that links with Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 3 and 4, when it talked about a a wise man's mind is in in the uh, house of mourning, brothers and sisters. And a fool's mind is always on enjoyment, brothers and sisters. See, let's go back to Ecclesiastes, brother Joshua. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 6 and 10. If you notice, we're jumping back and forth between between Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiasticus, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, we're here at Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. I need you to listen to this closely, brothers and sisters, please. Ecclesiastes 6, verse 10.
1: That which hath been is named already. And it is known that it is man. Neither may he contend with him that is mightier than he. Neither may what, brother? Neither
0: may he contend with him that is mightier than he. So this text highlights God's sovereignty, brothers and sisters. Man can never successfully contend with his Creator, brothers and sisters. The Most High will always get the better of those who contend with him. Continue, brother. Verse 11.
1: Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better? Read that again, brother. Seeing there be many things that increase vanity, what is man the better?
0: So look at that. Only the Creator knows what's good for his creation's appetite, brothers and sisters. Only the Most High knows what is good for man in his life. He said there's many things that increase vanity. You're chasing the wind. Things that have no value. Things that have no substance that you're pursuing. Brothers and sisters, he's saying only I can tell you, brothers and sisters, what would be profitable, what would be fulfilling for you. You have to be careful what you pursue, brothers and sisters, because whatever you pursue can become your God. It does become your God, brothers and sisters. Anything you pursue, you got to be careful what it is you pursue, brothers and sisters. Read verse 11 one more time, please, brother. Verse 11,
1: seeing there be many things that increase vanity... What is man the
0: better? Now, it's telling you many things increase vanity. So what men generally desire and pursue are frequently the occasions of his ruin. Brothers and sisters, continue. Verse 12. For who
1: knoweth what is good for man in this life? All the days of his vain life which he spendeth as a shadow. As a what? As a shadow. For who can tell a man what shall be after him under the sun? See, so look at that.
0: <laughs> man ought to fear God and without dispute submit to his sway, brothers and sisters. See, you saying man's life is short. And and you should, you know, acquiesce to he who knows what happens tomorrow. He that knows what happens when you, you take your last breath, brothers and sisters. See, that's why we went into this lesson, because life is short. Brothers and sisters. And there's many things that are vanity. Meaning what? They have no value. But we spend years of our life. Pursuing these things for fulfillment. Brothers and sisters. And you will be disappointed. Each and every time. Brothers and sisters. Because no, nothing other than the most high himself. Was created to fulfill that hold. That you have. That hunger. That you have. That desire. Brothers and sisters. And many people Look for money or drugs or a relationship, a car, a job to fulfill this desire, brothers and sisters. And you're wasting your time. Solomon is showing he's breaking the whole thing down, brothers and sisters. Let's keep going. Let's go to Proverbs 11 and 19, brother. Proverbs chapter 11,
1: verse 19. Proverbs 11, verse 19. Be careful what you pursue. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his
0: own death. Righteousness is linked with the spiritual nourishment which maintains life, brothers and sisters. Righteousness leads to courses of action which prolong life, brothers and sisters. Can Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. As righteousness
1: tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death.
0: He does what? pursueth it to his own death. Every sinner plans and acts against his own personal interest, brothers and sisters. We're reading the result of those who earnestly pursue their own paths, brothers and sisters. See? There's the path of righteousness that leads to the immortality. But, But what? You pursuing your own path will lead you straight into the grave. Brothers and sisters. And guess what? There's many paths to that grave. There's only one way into righteousness, but there's about 35, 45, 50 different ways to perish in sin, brothers and sisters. You have to be careful what you pursue, brothers and sisters. Are you chasing the wind? Let's go to Ecclesiastes 2 and 10, brother.
1: Ecclesiastes 2 verse 10. And whatsoever mine eyes desire, I kept not from them. So
0: Solomon is saying, whatever my eyes desire,
1: I did. I withheld not my heart from any joy. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion
0: of all my labor. So brothers and sisters, we're reading unrestrained self-indulgence. Brothers and sisters, he said, I didn't resist or deny myself any pleasures read it again please brother verse 10
1: and whatsoever mine eyes desired i kept not from them i withheld not my heart from any joy for my heart rejoiced in all my labor
0: and this was my portion of all my labor brothers and sisters did you catch that i don't know if you caught that read it again brother from the top please brothers and sisters listen closely look at how he structured this text Ecclesiastes
1: 2 verse 10 And whatsoever mine eyes desired I kept not from them Read that part again brother And whatsoever mine eyes desired I
0: kept not from them Brothers and sisters His debauchery was only limited by what he couldn't see Brothers and sisters The sight of the eyes Is the common powerful incentive of desires (laughs) He's saying whatever my eyes saw See So we needed to bring that out. That's the power of sight, brothers and sisters. That's the power of the eye, brothers and sisters. Because eyes usually open the door to what? Desires and lust, brothers and sisters. Let's prove that. Let's go to Proverbs, brother. Proverbs 27 and 20.
1: Proverbs 27, verse 20. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied.
0: The eye is used here as the organ which arouses lust, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, because it said, hell and destruction are never full. Brothers and sisters, the Bible tells you hell continues to grow because people continue to sin, brothers and sisters. Verse 20, hell and destruction
1: are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied.
0: So our sinful desires discover themselves by the eyes, brothers and sisters. The author emphasizes the danger of what? Of a wandering eye. It says the eyes of man are never satisfied. So men's cupidity is as insatiable as the grave, brothers and sisters. See? You have to know that about your eyes. You have to protect your sight. Brothers and sisters, not look at certain things, not be in certain environments, brothers and sisters, because the eyes are never satisfied. The eyes will never say, you know, well, no, that's enough. (laughs) No, that it doesn't have that capability. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, follow us to Psalms chapter 19, excuse me, 119 and 37. Psalms 119, verse
1: 37. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. What did that say, brother? Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity.
0: Why? When we behold something, we're not just seeing it. We're, direct, we're directing our attention to what we're seeing. <clears throat> Read that one more time, brother. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. So, brothers and sisters, the psalmist sought grace from God to control the direction of his eyes, brothers and sisters. The psalmist wanted the Most High to control the direction of his attention. The eyes, brothers and sisters, anything that you look at, the eye has a propensity to just focus in on it. You can't look at something and choose not to focus in on it. The, the eye doesn't operate like that, brothers and sisters. So no matter what it is you're looking at, look around right now, brothers and sisters. There's no way that you can look at something and then make it blurrier, brothers and sisters, or, or more blurry. It, it, the, the power of the eye is that when you see something, it focuses in, it tries to understand it. It tries to make it out, brothers and sisters. Let's read it again, brother,
1: please. Psalms 119 verse 37. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. So
0: without this level of discipline, we're sure. To be devoured by the enemy, by the evil one, by Satan, brothers and sisters. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity. So he understood, brothers and sisters. If my eyes focus on those things, my body will begin to wander, brothers and sisters. See, you have to respect that. You must understand uh, how the body works, brothers and sisters. You have to understand that let's go to first Samuel brother chapter 12 verse 20 we're going to read verse 20 and 21 first Samuel 12
1: verse 20 and Samuel said unto the people fear not ye have done all this wickedness yet turn not aside from following the Lord but serve the Lord with all your heart and turn ye not aside from for then should ye go after vain things. Read that again, brother. And turn not and turn yet not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver. Which cannot what? Profit nor deliver,
0: for they are vain. See? So no man by turning away from the most high shall find happiness. Brothers and sisters. The negligence of God's instruction will prove to be highly pernicious. Brothers and sisters. He's saying, if you turn away from the most High, you're chasing things that have no value, brothers and sisters. Things that have no profit. It's not profitable to the end game, brothers and sisters. How does a car or money or a relationship, how do any of those things get you into heaven? Which is the ultimate goal, brothers and sisters. By the time you die... You probably then had 20 different cars, brothers and sisters. And some people with 20 different girlfriends and boyfriends. So he saying the things that you're chasing, how much money do you think you've spent? <laughs> See, he said all the things that people are chasing, jobs, careers. Not to say any of those things are bad, but you can't pursue those things. You have to pursue God. And guess what? When you pursue God, he'll put those things right on the path that you're on to pursue him. See, he'll give you the provision, brothers and sisters. For every vision, there's provision, brothers and sisters, but the vision have to be on him. If your vision is on him, you will not, your behaviors will be restricted from going after vain things. Vain means has no value, has no substance, unprofitable, brothers and sisters. If you turn away from the Most High, you're following something vain. That's crystal clear. Brothers and sisters. Let's go back to Ecclesiastes, Brother Joshua. We're going to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We're going to have you read verse 14.
1: Ecclesiastes 1 verse 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. And behold, All is
0: vanity and vexation of spirit. So brothers and sisters, he's saying, I looked to experience everything I could that a common man or woman would think would bring joy. Now, remember, Solomon was the king. He was the most powerful man at this time. He had all the money. He had the palace. He had his own land. He had all these things. So he could experience everything. Brothers and sisters. And then he brought back this information. Read that one more time, please,
1: brother. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is
0: vanity and vexation of spirit. Brothers and sisters, the life spending itself in search of pleasure is a vexatious experience. That's what Solomon is showing us. Brothers and sisters, here, Solomon is making a statement that we will subsequently prove. He said, I tried everything under the sun and it all led to vanity. I was uh, searching for pleasure and happiness, joy in everything other than God, just to see if this could fulfill, brothers and sisters. And this is what he brought back to us. And we're going to highlight it. He said he searched everything under the sun. And we're going to prove that all of these things, the things that we pursue is vanity. It has no value. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 2 and 4. He's getting ready to tell us. What are some of these things he chased? Ecclesiastes 2 verse 4. Let's read all the way through verse
1: 8. I made me great works. I built in me houses. I planted me vineyards.
0: So, brothers and sisters, here Solomon is going to illustrate his pursuit for happiness. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 4. I made me great works.
1: I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees in them of all kind of
0: fruits. Brothers and sisters, I really need you to examine his preoccupation with self. Read, read, brother. Verse 6. I
1: made me pools of water, to water wherewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle, above
0: all that were in Jerusalem before me. Notice that every his purpose was centered around his own life. He said, I did this, I had that, I got me this, I got me that. See? Examine the preoccupation with self, brothers and sisters. Read verse, the next scripture, brother.
1: Verse 8. I gathered me also silver and gold, and the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers, and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments, and that of all sorts. So
0: brothers and sisters, he even collected for himself silver and gold. Brothers and sisters, and guess what? None of these things brought about the desired effect that he hoped. We're going to read those one more time, because I really need you to see not only his pre- preoccupation with the self, but everything that he pursued to find this happiness. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 4. I made me great works. I built me houses. Stop right there. Brothers and sisters, look at this. Um, It's all about the house. You know, I'm a first time homeowner and, and that's good, brothers and sisters, but that should not be your purpose. That shouldn't be your, your grandiose, brothers and sisters. That should not be the epitome of your happiness is getting a house. I just want to get a, you know, a mansion or a house. Yes, getting a house is good, brothers and sisters. But that's not going to bring you the joy. Continue, brother. Verse five. I made me gardens
1: and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. So he
0: said, I, you know, I put together some of the greatest gardens you could find with the best fruits. Verse six. I made me pools of water.
1: What did I say, brother? I made me pools of water to water with the wood that bringeth forth
0: trees. So look at this, brothers and sisters. He's creating pools. He's creating gardens. So here it is. First, he created the house. Then he added a garden to that house. Now he's added a pool to that garden at that house.
1: Verse 7. I got me servants and maidens. And had servants born in my house. So
0: look, he has people working for him all throughout the house, through the palace.
1: Also had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. He had
0: all the cattle, anything you could want, brothers and sisters.
1: I gathered me also silver and gold. He had the money. And the peculiar treasure of kings and of the provinces. I gathered me men singers and women singers. So he had... Performers in the house. And the delights of the sons of men as musical
0: instruments and that of all sorts. So there was a constant prayer, a constant concert, brothers and sisters. He said, I had all of these things and guess what? None of these things brought about the desired effect that he had hoped, brothers and sisters. None of these things. And everything we just read were things that you would think You know, these things are fun. I would have a good life if I could possess all these things. You know, a big, nice house with somebody to clean that house up. You know, cattle. So I'm eating the best of foods. A garden where I'm growing my own foods. See? That sounds like a pretty good life, though, right? But it doesn't bring happiness. Sustained happiness, brothers and sisters. To prove that, let's go to Ecclesiastes 5 and 10 through 13. Let's have Brother Joshua read that. Listen closely to his words, please. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10.
1: He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity.
0: So, brothers and sisters, what are we showing you? We're showing you the vanity of money and possessions, brothers and sisters. First, we went into the possessions in the the previous text. With the gardens, and the musicians, and the house, with the pools. Now we're going to deal with the money. Let's read that one more time, brother. Verse 10.
1: He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with
0: increase. This is also vanity. Brothers and sisters, it's not wealth itself, but the drive for wealth that does not satisfy.
1: Verse 11. When goods increase, there are increase that... Their increase that eat them, and what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep.
0: Brothers and sisters, verse 11 and 12 is showing you something. It's showing you that wealth attracts dependence and it also causes restlessness. Verse 11 refers to the Dependence, brothers and sisters. People looking for something from you. Verse twelve highlights the restlessness. Let's read those two scriptures again, please, brother. Verse eleven: When goods increase, there are increase that eat them. See, so he's saying people are gonna, you know, people gonna want help. They gonna, you're gonna meet cousins you never knew before. Now, you know, if you if you're a millionaire, now you gotta pay an accountant. You gotta pay an agent. You gotta pay somebody to help you with stocks. See, verse 11, when goods increase, they are
1: increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? He said, what good is it <laughs> other
0: than knowing you have it to look at your bank account?
1: Verse 12, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Will not what? Will not suffer him
0: to sleep. Brothers and sisters, according to these texts, earthly treasures are precarious and bring disadvantages. They produce anxiety. See, brothers and sisters? It's telling you that rich people, it's hard for them to sleep, brothers and sisters. They can't even sleep well. It's telling you a hardworking man, a man who's working hard for his money. You know, doesn't have a lot of money. A laboring man, his sleep is sweet, brothers and sisters. But the abundance of the rich, it will not suffer him to sleep. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 13.
1: There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof of their hurt. So look at this, brothers and
0: sisters. In this text, Solomon expresses that wealth has many hidden problems. Brothers and sisters. It has many hidden problems. The Bible tell you that rich people, it's hard for them to sleep. There's so much anxiety, brothers and sisters. Now, you would think somebody who's rich and has all the money, they should sleep well, right? Wrong, according to the Bible. Let's show you why. Brother Joshua, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 31. We're going to the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. Chapter 31, verse 1 through, excuse me, 1 and 2, and then we'll jump to verse 6.
1: Ecclesiasticus 31, verse 1. Watching for riches, consumeth the flesh, and the care thereof driveth away sleep. And what? And the care thereof driveth away sleep. Watching care will not let a man slumber, as a sore disease Break it, sleep.
0: Let's read those two scriptures again. Listen closely, brothers and sisters, because people who are not rich or not wealthy, they don't really understand this, brothers and sisters. They don't really have this problem. But the Bible is showing you the disadvantages of wealth.
1: Verse one, watching for riches, consumeth the flesh and the care thereof, driveth away
0: sleep. The care thereof driveth away sleep, brothers and sisters. So look at this. The text is demonstrating that we can become slaves of what we own, brothers and sisters. Why? Because if wealth hinders your rest, then who's serving who? See? Jump to verse 6, brother.
1: Verse 6. Gold have been the, the ruin of many,
0: and their destruction was present. See? So look at this, brothers and sisters. Money has ruined many. Wealth has ruined many, brothers and sisters. We just wanted to show you that. The the key part we wanted you to focus on was verse 1 and 2. Let's jump back there, brother. Ecclesiasticus 31, verse 1. Watching for riches
1: consumeth the flesh, and the care thereof driveth away sleep. Watching care will not let a man slumber, as a sore disease breaketh sleep.
0: So, so brothers and sisters, the rich man has greater worries and therefore less sleep. Why? Because he can't sleep. He's he's trying to figure out how to keep his money. He doesn't know who to trust because he thinks that everyone wants him for his money. See, they may be trying to steal my money. I got to stay rich. I got to check the stocks every five minutes. See, so it's telling you when you focus mostly on that rest. Is something you will lose, brothers and sisters. The constant worry of protecting their money results in a lack of peace, brothers and sisters. See? Becoming a slave to the money in which you own. Let's go to Proverbs 30, and verse 8, brother and sisters. Look at this here, because what we're getting ready to read here is some of the the most authentically genuine, some of the most mature information you can find in this entire book of Proverbs, brothers and sisters.
1: Proverbs 30, verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me what, brother? Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee. And say... Who is the Lord? Or at least I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. So, brothers and sisters, if you look at verse 8, read verse 8 one more time, brother. Verse 8. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches.
0: I don't want to be rich or poor. Feed me with food convenient for me. So, brothers and sisters, both wealth and poverty bring their own sets of problems and challenges. Brothers and sisters. See? The rich often forget God as they find security in their possessions. Fullness breeds forgetfulness. How do we know? Read verse 9. Verse 9. Least I be full and
1: deny thee and say, who is the Lord?
0: See? Least I be full. I have everything I need. I don't really need the Sabbath. I don't really need to follow the Mosah. I Do what I want. My bills are paid to next summer. I'm good. See? Then you 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 lack the respect for the Most High because you don't need him technically because you have money.
1: Verse 9.
0: least I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? See, so this is highlighting the temptations that riches expose men and women to. Or at least I be poor and steal. And
1: take the name of my God in vain.
0: So he's saying, listen, I don't want to be poor or rich. Feed me with food convenient for me. Just give me enough, Father. That's what he's saying. Father, just give me enough. Why? Because if I'm poor, then usually I have to break your law. Why? Because crime and anger toward God, towards God usually marks the life of the impoverished brothers and sisters. This is the snare that attends poverty, brothers and sisters. This text emphasizes that a wise man prays for moderate income. See? That's real, brothers and sisters. You will never find information with this quality of insight in any other book outside of this Bible, brothers and sisters. See? That's right there. That's Valor—that's nobility, brothers and sisters. For a brother to say, "You know what, Father? I don't want to be rich. I don't—I don't need you to give me riches. I also don't want to be poor, Father. I just want to make sure my bills is paid and I can live a comfortable life. Because why? Because if I'm rich, that's going to put me in a a set of circumstances um, that may not be conducive to righteous living. But also, if I'm poor, I would be forced. To go against some of those Ten Commandments. See? That's where you want to be, brothers and sisters. If you're not there in this mindset, that's where you want to be. Because that is the mindset. Someone who's content, brothers and sisters. See? Let's go to Proverbs 23, Brother Joshua. We're going to read Proverbs 23, verse 4 and 5.
1: Proverbs 23, verse 4. What's that say, brother? Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom.
0: This text advises us against trying to amass great wealth. Verse 5. Read 4 one more time, brother. Verse 4.
1: Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Cease from what, brother?
0: Cease from thine own wisdom. Why? Because our own wisdom says we can defeat our problems with wealth. Verse
1: 5. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. For what, brother? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward
0: heaven. So, brothers and sisters, verse 5 magnifies the elusive nature of riches. Riches are as unstable as a bird in the air. Brothers and sisters, read those two scriptures again, brother.
1: Verse four. Labor not to be rich. seize from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle
0: toward heaven. So the question is, why pursue so eagerly that which is so uncertain and effervescent, brothers and sisters? Hmm? See, this is the key. That first part in verse 4, labor not to be rich, brothers and sisters. You should never make decisions strictly based on money. Money should never be the, the determining factor in anything that you do unless it's about buying something, brothers and sisters, and you want to save some money. But the things that you do, brothers and sisters... Whether it's getting a job and, and different things, brothers and sisters. If money is the determining factor, you've already failed, brothers and sisters. He's saying don't make decisions based on monetary gain. Now, you'll take that into consideration, right, brothers and sisters? But that ought not to be the determining factor, the deciding factor. It's most important about the cash, Why? Because the principle here is not to work to be rich. Which means don't focus on money, brothers and sisters. Do things that are right, even if you're not being paid or you're not benefiting from it, brothers and sisters. It's telling you. Do things that you enjoy. Not to be rich. Because a lot of people, they only do things so they can get money. For example, brothers and sisters, why do people go to college? My family... As I grew up, you know, in the ghetto with a black family, our families always taught us you're going to go to college. Why? So you can get a good job and make a lot of money. See? See how that is, brothers and sisters? And then you go to these colleges and get turned out because they're dealing with all types of secret societies and alpha, beta, gamma and all this other mess. Brothers and sisters. They're saying don't make decisions based on money. Let's go to Isaiah, brother Joshua. We're going to Isaiah 55 and 2, brothers and sisters. We're going to read verse 2 and verse 3. Isaiah 55,
1: verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which is satisfied not? Hearken diligently unto me. He said, listen to me. And eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Continue. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you,
0: even the sure mercies of David. Now, brothers and sisters, these texts magnify the time and strength we use for things that cannot satisfy. Can you read verse 2 again, brother? Verse 2, wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? Why are you spending your time, your strength, your money on things that won't fulfill you, that don't nourish you? And your labor for that which satisfies not. Your labor
1: for what doesn't satisfy you. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in
0: fatness. So this text magnifies the pursuit of happiness in the pleasures of life. Brothers and sisters.
1: Incline your ear. What verse you have, brother? Verse 3. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant
0: with you. Even the sure mercies of David. So brothers and sisters. Many people seek satisfaction and fulfillment in things that will never satisfy. Many are endeavoring to purchase happiness and are disappointed. Brothers and sisters. He's saying, why are you spending your time, your money, your strength on things that cannot satisfy you? These things were not created to satisfy you. There's only one thing that can satisfy man, which is male and female. And that's to please the God that created you. See, See, the world knows this. The world knows this, brothers and sisters. It's the biggest secret. They have you chasing all this stuff, your dreams and, and all this stuff for happiness. God is saying, listen, you follow me. I'll give you happiness. I'll give you what you want. You don't have to spend your entire life chasing a dream. You follow me. I'll give you what your heart desires. I'll give you the pleasures of your heart. See, it's a shortcut. They want you to take the long way around, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 6 and 7. brother. Now we're showing you, we showed you what? The vanity, brothers and sisters, of money and and possessions. Now we're going to show you the vanity of work, brothers and sisters.
1: Ecclesiastes 6 verse 7. All the labor of man is for his mouth. Read that again, brother. All the labor of man is for his mouth.
0: Solomon makes a profound revelation here. Read that from the top, brother. Verse 7.
1: All the labor of man is for his mouth.
0: For his what, brother? For his
1: mouth. And yet the appetite is not
0: filled. Man works to feed his desires, and yet his appetite is never satisfied. Brothers and sisters, that's what Solomon is saying. Read that one more time. Verse 7, all the labor of
1: man is for his
0: mouth, and
1: yet the appetite
0: is not filled. So what is this saying? It's saying that all labor put forth to gain ultimate satisfaction is a wasted effort, brothers and sisters. He points out how man is incapable of finding joy by his own effort. Everything, when man works, man and woman, they work for what they desire, brothers and sisters. You're not... Working for things you don't desire. So when a brother get up or sister get up and go to work or, or put in time and strength and effort, they're doing that for what they desire. You'll work for what you want. See? But you'll never be fulfilled. To prove that, let's go to Proverbs 16 and 26, brother. Brothers and sisters, we're at Proverbs 16, and we're going to have Brother Joshua read verse 26. Proverbs
1: 16, verse 26. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself,
0: for his mouth craved of him. See? So men work hard by a selfish necessity for themselves. Brothers and sisters, man only labors for satisfaction of his appetite or gratification of his desires. Brothers and sisters, see this? He's dropping it right now. The Bible is dropping it. Some jewels, some gems, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse
1: 26. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself,
0: for his mouth craved of him. See, so look at that. So with this being said, it's telling that man work for whatever he desire. And with that being said, if you don't hunger for God, you won't labor for God. See, that's really why we brought it out. He reveals that people will work hard for what they are interested in. See? We know this. Think about it, brothers and sisters. A lot of us, we we work overtime, extra time, get two, three jobs. Why? For what? There's something specific. See? So you work for what you want to work for. See, brothers and sisters? It's the desire that does what? That precedes the action. See, the actions are determined based on what the desire is, brothers and sisters. Are you chasing the wind? Are you chasing something of no substance, something that's not profitable? How long will you do this? A lot of us, we look back five, ten years, depending on how old old you are, brothers and sisters, and, and what happens. You think about what your mindset was seven, eight years ago and all the time that you wasted. Brothers and sisters, all the time that you wasted chasing something that you no longer care about, whether that was a relationship with a specific person or to, you know, to, for whatever it was, brothers and sisters. You look up and you're like, man, I wasted five years, six years. I could have been further in life. I could have been further in life, but I got caught up chasing something that didn't matter, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Follow us to Psalms the one hundred and twenty seventh chapter, verses one and verse two. Solomon er, Psalms one twenty seven
1: verse one. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For he giveth his beloved sleep.
0: Make the most high our business partner, brothers and sisters. This is the principle that you're seeing here. Why? Look at that again. Can you read that again, brother? Verse one:
1: Except the Lord build the house, they labour in vain that
0: build it. All listen. If you're trying to do something devoid of Him, brothers and sisters, you're labouring in vain. See, in this house is a life. That's what that is, brothers and sisters. See what happens in the house? You live. (laughs) so he said listen if you try to build a life without me you're building in vain read that
1: again please brother verse one except the lord build the house they labor in vain that build it except the lord keep the city the watchman waketh but in vain
0: so what is it saying it's saying all labor will be in vain unless we acquire assistance From the most high God. The psalmist shows how vain it is. To attempt anything deficient of God. Brothers and sisters. Verse 2. It is vain for you to rise
1: up early. To sit up late. To eat the bread of sorrows.
0: For so he giveth his beloved sleep. See. So this text magnifies the weariness. Of constant labor. Without heavenly assistance. Remember the scripture said. A man laboreth for his mouth. A man laboreth for himself. So it says, it's vain for you to get up early, stay up late. You're doing all this extra work. <laughs> You're doing all this extra work. Those who are getting it from me don't have to do extra work. He giveth those sleep. You don't have to get up early and you don't have to go to bed late. Why? Because it's given. It's given it's with God's favor, brothers and sisters. What it's telling you is the same thing that we read earlier. That much strength, much energy is required when you don't use wisdom, brothers and sisters. And the wisdom here is the wisdom of the most high, brothers and sisters. He saying you have to do all these acrobatics. Why? You have to fight hard for what's not yours, brothers and sisters. See? It's vain for you to try to, you know, you can do all this work and work hard, do 80 hours, get up early, stay up late, all this. Trying to do what you want. The Most High allowed that to happen and then blow it down like a a stack of cards, brothers and sisters. Why? Because he wasn't involved. Our God is a jealous God, brothers and sisters. We're just showing you the vanity of the work devoid of God, brothers and sisters. No matter how hard you work, no matter what you obtain with the fruit of your labor, it is vanity, brothers and sisters. If the most high God is not your business partner, let's go to Haggai, brother. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to Haggai chapter one, verse five through nine.
1: Haggai one, verse five. Now, therefore, thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. What did he say? Consider your ways. What did he say, brother?
0: Consider your ways. This is a warning to examine our actions. Ye have so much, and bring in little. You've worked hard, and have nothing,
1: little to show for Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none more. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into
0: a bag with holes. Brothers and sisters, Haggai paints a vivid picture of our economic and social distress. Thus said the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. See, so look at that. The, self, the selfish lack of concern for the Most High's will has caused us more hardship. He said you earn wages to put it in a bag with holes in it. So you're making money, you're doing all this extra work right? But you have little to nothing to show for it. See? And then he said, consider your ways. Consider your ways. He said that two times, brothers and sisters. See? Because you don't have to work as hard when you have the blessing of the Most High. You have to work hard when you're swimming against the current, brothers and sisters. Read 6 one more time, brother, please. Verse 6. Ye
1: have sown much And bring in little. Ye eat. But ye have not enough. Ye drink. But ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you. But there is none warm. And he that earneth wages. Earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus said the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. What did he say? Consider your ways. Examine yourself. Go up to the mountain. And bring wood. Bring what brother? Bring wood. And build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified," said the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow, blow upon it. Why, said the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run
0: every man unto his own house. So it's telling you we we labor in vain, brothers and sisters. Why? See? Because he's saying we're only running to our own house, brothers and sisters. We're only worried about what I want. He said, Go to the mountain, bring the wood, build my house. What's that mean? He's saying, Build my people. Build my work. Do my work. And guess what? By putting the Most High's will first, he blesses our secondary matters of life, brothers and sisters. See, in verse 9, he highlights our zealousness for pursuing our own interests. Brothers and sisters, read it one more time, please, brother. Haggai
1: 1, verse 9. Ye looked for much, and, lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it.
0: Right when you were about to accomplish what you wanted.
1: Why? Why? Said the Lord of hosts. Because of mine house that is waste. And ye run every man
0: into his own house. And listen, a lot of us were raised that way. I'm only worried about me and my house. I ain't worried about that down there. Okay, well, listen. If you was worried about it, maybe them those same guys down on the corner wouldn't be selling your daughter drugs now. See, this is how we were raised, brothers and sisters. See, the Most High is saying you doing all this extra work, and I blew it down. Why? Because you only care about what your desire is, what your pleasure is, what you want. While you're not doing my work. And there's many faces of the work. There's many things you can do to add to the work, brothers and sisters. You may be able to do video editing. If somebody can do that, they can definitely get in contact with us to do some, you know, animation for videos. You may do singing. You may want to put some songs together for the most high. There's many things. You may do a lot of different things. You may be a designer want to design some shirts with slogans and phrases for the most high. Who knows? There's many things you can do to add to the Most High God's work, brothers and sisters. The Most High is looking for workers. Why? Because the, the work is plenty, but the labor is a few, brothers and sisters. There's much work to do, but everyone's running to their own house to do what they want to do. They don't care about building the Most High's people. They don't care about building the Most High's work. They don't care about spreading the gospel. They only care about building their own house. Brothers and sisters. And that's why you put money into a bag with holes. See? Make God your business partner. Brothers and sisters. I beg of you. I beseech you brother. Let's go to Isaiah 49 and 3. Brothers and sisters. Chasing the wind. So you're getting some key information here today. Brothers and sisters. You're getting some very key information.
1: Isaiah 49, verse 3. And said unto me, Thou art my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I I said, I have labored in vain. I have what? I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for naught, and in vain. Yet surely my judgment is with the Lord, and my work with my God. Where's my work? With my God. And now, said the Lord, that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him.
0: Why did we go here? We go, went here to show you how to build the house of the Most High. This is what he's saying your purpose is, each and every one of us, especially for Israel, Gentiles also. Read five again, brother. This is building his house.
1: Verse five. And now, said the lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring jacob again to him though israel be not gathered yet shall i be glorious in the eyes of the lord and my god shall be my strength
0: he said listen he created us from the womb to bring jacob again to him who's jacob the children of israel bring the israelites back to me that's why i said though israel be not gathered see We're not gathered right now. Your job is to help gather them. It doesn't matter if you're white. If you have this information you know we're the children of Israel, you go to those Negroes. You go to those Hispanics. Why? Because our people have been trained to listen to you. That's why. Our people are trained to listen to Europeans, to white people. And if you know that Gentile, then you use your platform and understanding that people are people have been programmed to look at you as if you're smarter than us. Then why don't you drop some real knowledge on them then and tell them, listen, the slave ships was in the Bible. OK. Hispanic people, you're in the Bible, the hard work, the hard labor, the reason they're throwing you in, in ice and trying to separate you. It's in the Bible. Go tell these people. You're the same people that, you know, conquistadors, the Spaniards, that went into the Hispanic countries and made them Catholic. So now you can bring that same gospel. You're the same people who said Christ was white to some Negroes who were serving. You can go to those same people and tell the truth. See, this is your purpose. Read that one more time, brother. Isaiah 49,
1: verse 5. And now, said the Lord, that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Continue. And he said, it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob. He
0: said, it's a light thing. This is a reasonable service for you to do what?
1: And he said, it is a light thing that thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles. To who? To the Gentiles. To who, brother? To the Gentiles. A light to the Gentiles. That thou mayest be my salvation unto the
0: end of the earth. So we must rediscover that our primary call is as follows, brothers and sisters. This calling should lead us to the, to a radically different lifestyle, brothers and sisters. We work for the flourishing of all mankind rather than strictly for ourselves. That's what this is about, brothers and sisters. He said, first, you go to my people. You go to the Negroes, the natives, the Hispanics. You go to those people and tell them they're God's chosen people. You go to those uh, you know, those Hawaiians and Samoans, you go to those Costa Ricans, you go to those Cambodians, you go there, you go to those Indonesians, you go to those Haitians and Jamaicans, you go to those Puerto Ricans. You go to those Brazilians and Argentinians and those of Chile, you go to the people that suffering on the four corners of the earth and you tell them they're God's people, that's your service and if you don't do that, you're going to be gathering money. And putting it in a bag full of holes. See? You find out where you fit in that work, brothers and sisters. Now, will you be able to just break it down and do what we're doing? Probably not, but you can find a way, brothers and sisters. Remember, he said that a man laboreth for his mouth. He laboreth for his own desire. So if you want to serve God, you labor with this being the desire. Brothers and sisters, and let this be the source and the actions flow from this source right here to raise up the tribes of Jacob, those who've been destroyed, those who are disenfranchised, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew 11 and 28, brother. I hope you follow us, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was titled, Chasing the Wind.
1: Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give
0: you rest. I will what? I will give you rest. See, he promises relief, rest, and refreshment for their souls, brothers and sisters. He's saying, all of you that are laboring, doing all this extra work, come to me. Follow what I say, and I'll give you rest. See? Read the next scripture, brother.
1: Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest under your souls. Read the next verse, brother, please. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my, bur- my burden is light. Read that one
0: more time. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's saying everyone that's working, that's chasing wind, come to me. I will give you rest. My burden is light. See? Let's go to Hebrews four and nine, brothers and sisters. We're sticking in the New Testament for a while here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9.
1: Hebrews 4, verse 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Read that one more time, brother. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. This is a rest that's spiritual, brothers and sisters. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has seized from his own works, as God did from his. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has seized from his own
0: works, as God did from his. Now look at this, brothers and sisters. We can only obtain this rest... In a singular way. That's to retire from your own works, brothers and sisters. Continue.
1: Verse 11. Let us labor therefore to enter into the rest. Least any man fall after the same example of unbelief.
0: See? So look at this, brothers and sisters. Look at this closely. Because the Bible is telling you. The Bible is telling you that to enter into his rest you must, uh, you must put down what you want to do, brothers and sisters. You must put down what you want to do, brothers and sisters. We cease from the pursuit of our own personal pleasures, brothers and sisters. Why? Because uh, the Bible, the Old Testament tell you what? He whose mind is stayed on the most high is found in perfect peace, brothers and sisters. Rest and peace are the same, brothers and sisters, in this context. Brothers and sisters. See? So, would you rather do your laboring? Staying up late, getting up early, all this to accomplish whatever your desire is. The Most High is saying, you can do half the work if you follow me, and I'll give it to you. Many of us would rather do all this extra work so we can do it on our own. Probably knowing that God is saying no to what you want, brothers and sisters. So usually that's what happens when we're going against God's will. Then we have to do more work and we know that, well, I'm gonna have to do this and do that and do that because God won't give it to me. Why won't God give it to you? Can we deal with that part? Can we deal with the part of why God is saying no? And now you're trying to do some mental acrobatics or some flips to get this accomplished, something that God has already said no to. He's saying, if you follow me, lay down the pursuit of your own pleasures, you will find rest, my son. You will find rest, my daughter. Let's go to Revelations, brother. We're going to Revelations 4 and 11. Follow us there, brothers and sisters, please. Revelations 4 verse 11.
1: Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are. And for what?
0: And for thy pleasure they are, and were created. Read that again. Listen to it closely. You ought to, have to put some what they say, put some respect on the most high's name.
1: Verse eleven. Thou art worthy, O Lord. The most high is worthy. To receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were
0: created. We were created for his pleasure, brothers and sisters. See? You weren't created to do what you want to do. <laughs> he created you with a purpose, he created you with a plan in mind, and you you better acquiesce to that because you're gonna waste time chasing the wind, brothers and sisters. Find out the purpose that God created you for and find your joy within that. Brothers and sisters, he have created all things for his pleasure where we created. See, not for you to have your own ambition, to chase your own dreams. Nah, you weren't created for that. The most high God didn't create me or you so we can go do what we want to do. He created us for a purpose and we already read that purpose. To raise up the tribes of Jacob. To spread his gospel. To show the Gentiles how to follow our God, brothers and sisters. See? Further proof. Let's go to Job 36 and 11. We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. Chasing the wind.
1: Job 36, verse 11. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. In what? they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. So
0: this text illustrates the pious man's destiny. The Most High's supernatural supply comes to those who obey him. Read that again, please. Verse
1: 11, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures.
0: This is the real prosperity doctrine.
1: Verse 12, but if they obey not, They shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. See,
0: so brothers and sisters, the insubordinate shall suffer the punishment prepared for the wicked. He's saying, listen, if you serve me, the reason why I created you, you will spend your days in prosperity. That's happiness. That doesn't always mean money and wealth, brothers and sisters. See, because why? If you're serving him, what you deem as successful will be different from the world. Which you take pleasure in will be different from the world. See, that's the whole key, brothers and sisters. If you obey and serve him, now guess what? In order to serve him, you must obey him, brothers and sisters. See, a lot of us have a, have a struggle or are having trouble submitting. You're not serving until you submit, brothers and sisters. Just imagine, right? You're at a, you're at a, a, a steakhouse. And you ask the waiter, you know, I want my, uh, you know, I want a 10 ounce steak. I want it well done. And then they come back and say, well, nah, you're not going to like it well done. You, You want it a little bit rare. Like what? You better get my steak in there and it better be well done. Why? Because you're serving me. See, a lot of us haven't been trained in what service looks like. Brothers and sisters, if you're serving, you fulfill the pleasure of He, who you're serving. Well, yeah, nah, you you really wouldn't like that. Well, nah, you said a Sprite? Nah, you really wouldn't like that. you probably going to want a fruit juice. You're not getting a tip. (laughs) You're not getting a tip. So we have to learn what service is, brothers and sisters. If you ask for a steak and you want it well done, that person, if they're serving you well, better bring a well done steak. See, we have to break it down in in layman's terms, brothers and sisters. You can't do what you want to do and then say you're serving God. Doesn't work that way, brothers and sisters. Obey or be slayed, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Psalms 90 and 7, brother, and then we'll end it at Isaiah 26 and 3. Chasing the wind, brothers and sisters. Psalms 90 and 17, excuse me.
1: Psalms 90 verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yeah, the work of our hands establish thou it.
0: Without this blessing, our work will lack effectiveness. Brothers and sisters, I need you to look at it closely. Can you read that again, brother? Because any work that is not ordained is in vain. Verse 17. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us.
1: And establish thou the work of our hands upon us.
0: Establish my work.
1: Yeah, the work of our hands
0: establish thou it. See, so it's saying, if the Most High be upon you, if the beauty of the Most High, His favor be upon you, everything your hand touches will become success. It will turn to gold, brothers and sisters. Now, guess what? Wise men are not anxious to work in vain. See? Only when you are beholding the beauty of the Most High through obedience, through submission, will your work be established, brothers and sisters. Success in work comes from the proper relation between God and man. That's what this scripture is showing us, brothers and sisters. See? A lot of us are trying to establish our own work. Can't be done. You're chasing the wind because why the most high said he would blow it down. The most high's righteousness demands that it demands that we do righteousness. It demands that we follow his will. We fulfill his purpose. He cannot allow us to have joy in anything other than what his purpose is. Brothers and sisters, his, his justice will not, his righteousness will not allow that. That would not be justice. Brothers and sisters. So even if you did accomplish what it was you were looking for, he's going to withhold what? He's going to withhold enjoyment from you, brothers and sisters. The Bible talks about that, too. The most high withholds enjoyment, brothers and sisters. How many times have you got something, accomplished something, and it really didn't feel the way you thought it would? Or it did feel that way, but only for a short, unsustained time. See, Are you chasing the wind Brothers and sisters You got to be careful What you pursue Because whatever you pursue Is your God Brothers and sisters Let's go to Isaiah 26 and 3 And we'll end it here Brothers and sisters Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 What does that say brother? Isaiah 26 verse 3
1: Thou will keep him in perfect peace Whose mind is stayed on thee
0: Who what? whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. See, so he gives us joy and peace despite our circumstances. This is not saying nothing will go wrong, brothers and sisters. This is telling you that you have peace no matter what's going on. Why? Because you're trusting in him. See? Brothers and sisters, don't put the burden of your happiness on anything outside of God because it would be ill-advised. It's not fair. It's not fair for you to put the burden of joy and happiness on anything or anyone outside of the shoulders that are broad enough to carry that burden. Brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was titled Chasing the Wind, Brothers and Sisters, where we use the Bible to help us save some time to look at some of the things that um, you would think logically, would give you happiness, joy, and peace, brothers and sisters. And we used a lot of Solomon, who was the wisest man. And Solomon said, listen, I tried a lot of this stuff that people today are looking for, and I found that there was no profitability. It was all vanity. To help us save time. Why? Because we learned that life is short, brothers and sisters. It's the one thing that you cannot get back. Brothers and sisters. So we don't have any time to waste. And guess what, brothers and sisters? If you use the Bible, you will not waste time. You will accomplish what your heart desires, brothers and sisters. Only through supernatural, godly favor, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson, chasing the wind. We want to say, kwam yasharala. Kwam yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.